What's up, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of the Sports Planet Podcast. I'm joined once again by Daniel Tinas for episode 17. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, Brandon? Not too bad. Not too bad, man. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Obviously, the main story, Messi to the MLS. Messi. Uh, but we Messi. All- Messi. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Uh, so, but of course, we also have how the PGA tour is hypocritical and much more. Uh, but first, we want to start off with some headlines around the sports planet. So, we have LAFC losing uh, their CONCACAF Champions League final to Club Leon 3 2 this past Sunday at BMO Stadium in Los Angeles. And then the legend known as Latan Ibrahimovic has announced his retirement from football at the age of 41. The Las Vegas Golden Knights currently hold a 2-0 series lead over the Florida Panthers in the Stanley Cup Final with Game 3 later tonight of the day that we're recording this episode. And then the Suns met with Chris Paul to discuss his future with the franchise with the possibility to waive the 18-year veteran. Uh, Phoenix plans on exploring trades including CP3 and DeAndre Ayton according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. And then in the MLB, the Cincinnati Reds called up Ellie De La Cruz earlier this week. MLB's Number four prospect was batting 297 with 12 home runs, 36 RBIs, and 11 stolen bases in AAA before being called up. And then, how we mentioned earlier, Messi's move to Inter Miami has made uh, ticket prices skyrocket over a thousand percent. His first potential game with Miami could potentially be on 21st on the sorry on July 21st versus Cruz Azul in a League's Cup match. Previously, the cheapest ticket for this match was listed at 29 dollars. But now the cheapest ticket at the time of recording this episode is over $1,000 on Ticketmaster. Jeez. So obviously, we'll get to the uh, to Messi, to the MLS, biggest story. Um, but anything from the headlines you wanted to get to before we move on to Messi? Uh, let's just let's start the first one and go through them pretty quickly. I think that'll be good. Just want to say uh, this is Brandon's team, the host of the Sports Planet podcast. His team unfortunately yeah, yeah, okay. lost and got their... I wouldn't say ass whoop, but they they lost in the final. So I wanted to, I wanted to see your kind of reaction to that. Yeah, man. Obviously, so they lose uh, three to two on an aggregate score, both legs. They were playing pretty terribly. Leon had all the pressure. They created everything, and then in the second leg in in Los Angeles, it just seemed like nothing was going right. The uh, you have the referee out here handing out yellow cards to both teams as if it was ha- candy on Halloween, you know. Uh, it was just a terrible – it just felt like the first 20-ish minutes, uh, minutes or so, it was kind of LAFC had a chance to come back. But once they scored that uh, that goal on Sunday, Leon did, it was just like everything went downhill from there, man. But I don't know. All I want to say to you, dude. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Get, <laughs> get him in. It's all good. All I'm going to say is this is funny coming from a Galaxy fan who's at the bottom of the Western Conference currently. I just want to say I'm now an Inter-Miami fan. <laughs> <laughs> but they're still at the bottom, but not for long. They're baby. still at the bottom, yeah. Yeah, once Messi, once Messi, Messi goes, yeah. You're, you're like, uh, for those that don't know, Daniel is a isn't a certain team fan. He's a Lionel Messi fan. Yeah, so like, kind of like back when LeBron would uh, move from team to team, they would say that the fans weren't Heat fans. They were uh, wherever Heat at fans. So that's that's uh, Daniel right now with Messi. Yes, sir. Obviously, I mean, I Messi's my favorite fan. player, but. Yeah. yeah, I was a Galaxy fan, but time to change. I mean, Miami's looking good, <laughs> so might have to yeah, move yeah. teams. Uh, yeah, anything else you want to uh, mention real quick before moving on to Messi? Uh, no, we get to the well, – can we get to the next one with Zlatan? Yeah, um, so let's just say in my uh, in my opinion, it's on 
uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic's top 10 of all time, maybe top 15 of just football players. Mm. And I just want to say he played 22 seasons, and out of his 22 seasons, 13 of those seasons, um, he was his team was first place in their league. That just goes to show you how much of a game changer he, he was. Um, played 605 games had 392 goals, 136 mm. assists, just a beast offensively. Um, and when he came to Galaxy, uh, he played 29 games and scored. It was uh, 30 goals in 29 games, so averaged more a goal, averaged more than one goal per game in each of his uh, mm. starts. Um, I just want to say he's just a legend. Um, I wouldn't say I didn't grow up watching him like too specifically i, I may mainly cater to messi but if you're a soccer fan and you're watching any soccer you know this is one of the goats of all time and i would definitely say he's a top 10 player of all time and uh mm -hmm. wish him luck in his next uh next future endeavor and what he's going to do in uh uh his life after football so just want to say one of one of the goats uh retired so yeah wrote... no, but it was his time yeah yeah I just real quick on the last slot and real quick uh, one of my favorite stories is like obviously like I mentioned when he came to LA two things he had uh, taken out an ad saying to Los Angeles you're welcome and, and then the other one where uh, LeBron uh, obviously LeBron was in LA now and then LeBron uh, sends him a jersey and then uh, Slatan thinking didn't think that he was giving him the jersey as a welcome to LA moment more as a here, let me sign it for you and send it oh, back. Yeah. So that's how, like, his, uh, like, Zlatan is one of one, man. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and I do remember when he was talking great. about your old LAFC star, uh, Carlos uh, Vela, when, yeah. when they were comparing him in the MLS, and he said, look at his age. Where was I Where was I when I was his age? I was playing international yeah, yeah. against better competition. So, um, yeah, that he's in his yeah, prime in the MLS. Yeah, he's a prime in MLS, and he's just on his like last legs of his career. And it's crazy how he went back to Milan and won another title there before retiring. Uh, yeah, great mm -hmm. player. Sad to see him go, but at 40, 41 years old, I think is the right time to hang it up. Yeah, definitely. Anything else uh, before moving on to Messi? Uh, last night I was want to go CP3. Oh, also the the Florida. I mean, I I picked Florida over Vegas Knights and NHL, and unfortunately, we're down 2-0 and getting our it's butt okay. kicked. We are going for the underdog. We knew that I'm, Vegas was a better team, but yeah, we were going for the underdog. But it's alright. We'll see. They're still. We'll see if they win tonight. If they win tonight, they have a chance. They lose tonight. Series is done. So we'll see. Mm -hmm. We'll see what Florida can do. Um, lastly, we'll go to CP3. Um, I know uh, at first. They said they waived him, and then now there's a report yeah. coming after that they're exploring trades. So whoever's reporting this shit needs to get their shit straight because they're confusing. Yeah, me. yeah. Um, but I know a lot of there's a lot of talk where Laker fans, CP3 may be coming to the Lakers, something like that. Um, I'm not completely opposed to it, but I'm not all for it. I'll say just um, I think he's more of he's the last member of the Banana Boat crew that would play alongside LeBron. Uh, so we'll see if he comes. We'll see uh what kind of trade options uh i just don't think he's gonna they're gonna be offered much for him he's just he's old he's on the last end of his career he can't play defense at all anymore so uh he's not as efficient offensively 
but he is a veteran uh, point guard. He could kind of be like how Rondo was us in 2020, maybe come off the bench, give us that yeah, little yeah. spark. I think he could do that uh, for the Lakers. Um, definitely don't think he is good enough to be our starting point guard or wouldn't be able to fill that hole at the starting PG, but a backup point guard with some veteran experience to come mm-hmm. come on the floor, I think that could be good for us, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, we'll yeah. see what the Suns do. Yeah. Yeah, if they can get him for cheap, I wouldn't mind him as a backup because obviously he's older now. He's not mm-hmm. he's uh, not as durable as he used to be. Uh, he's been in the league 18 years. Can't blame him for that. So it's all like, if we can get him as a backup, I wouldn't mind him either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just wanted to mention something real quick, how uh, you were talking about, who I don't know who's reporting what. It's funny because I think I want to say it was Chris Haynes who first reported saying that he was waived right away. Mm-hmm. And then I saw a, a tweet where somebody, like just some Twitter user, he essentially wrote out like how it went down. So he's like, Shams, the Suns and Chris Paul met to discuss options. Woj said, Chris Paul wants to return and the Suns are exploring all options. Chris Haynes said, the Suns have murdered Chris Paul. <laughs> so I'm like, that's kind of like, it's like everybody has a different like Woj and Shams really like saying like kind of like more accurate story. And Chris Haynes is like, yeah. no, they're, they're done. <laughs> they're done. So yeah, I just wanted to mention that real quick. So um, Chris Haynes, get your shit together. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Still a great reporter, though, but sometimes you, you you can't bat a thousand on every time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, moving on to Messi or anything else you want to say real quick? No, that's it. Let's, let's get into Messi. Messi the GOAT. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so uh, I just wanted to start with the most popular sport in the world. So sorry, America. I'm not talking about American football. I'm talking about uh, the real true football, the, like the way it's called throughout the whole world, except for here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, obviously Messi is, uh, has agreed to join Inter Miami. This is a huge deal, uh, for many people. So I kind of just wanted to go over first, like your initial reaction, and then we'll go into like some winners and losers. Like, so obviously today's Thursday, it happened. The news broke yesterday around the time, uh, West coast people were waking up. So it's all like, what was your initial reaction when you woke up saying Messi to Inter Miami? Um, so my first reaction, I was completely shocked because in my mind, yeah. I'm just thinking, you know what? He's going to go back to Barca. He's going to finish yeah. his career where he started. Um, mm-hmm. He's 35 right now. I'm thinking he's going to sign maybe a three to four year deal there, finish his career mm-hmm. in Barca. Um, and things will just work out that way. And then obviously then we all heard about like Saudi offering whatever X amount of money. <laughs> And the, the money's like so ridiculous. So I'm like, all right, that has to be his like top two yeah. options. Like I heard MLS because everyone says like MLS is always like an option for those international players, like kind of when they're older, finishing their career Towards here. The the career, yeah. yeah. So it seems that's like the new new thing. So not new thing. It's been going on kind of since Beckham and a little bit before that. But um, I didn't think it was as possible. Then when I saw it, I was just like, damn, this is crazy. No longer a Galaxy yep. fan. I'm now a <laughs> Miami fan. And now I get to see Messi live for a small fee of $1,200. <laughs> yeah, like, pocket change, right? we'll, we'll, we'll see what's going on. But um, I'm happy with it just because I get to see him. And at the end of the yeah. day, it's his life. He chooses what he wants to do. But um, I kind of wanted him to go to Barca just because I feel like it's a Same. good good finishing for him he could still play against high competitive people because i still think he's i mean he just won the world cup he's still one of the best players if not like i think he's top three in the league still so i it was kind of surprising that he would come here with a a lot less competition obviously than playing um in la liga um but yeah i guess uh 
definitely shocked was my initial reaction. What about yours? Uh, yeah, I was shocked too because like how you're saying, I, I thought he was going to go back to Barcelona. Um, we'll get into that later as to why he said he didn't. Uh, but yeah, like the writing was on the wall there. You know, he was telling them, I want to come back. I want to come back, please. Like I'll do like, I hate Paris. What, like obviously he had to leave because of all the financial burdens and everything that happened a couple years ago. He didn't want to leave, but like, like ultimately he had to. And I saw a report where he was saying also that like, he didn't want to go back to Barcelona either because he had saw that, uh, that they were going to have to sell players, cut wages, all that type of stuff. And he was all like, I don't want to be the reason why they have to do that, you know? Uh, so, but when I saw that, like, I honestly thought Barcelona at first too, because he, that's where he wanted to go. He said that money wasn't really like his top priority. Cause obviously the, the, the $1.6 billion with the B yes. $1.6 billion. Obviously that's generational money. Um, but he wanted to go to Barcelona. So I thought he would go there for like how you said, maybe two to four years. He's still at he's still at the top of his like near the top of his game, um, and then afterwards I thought maybe he would have come to MLS to finish his career, but the fact that he came here it just shows that like Barcelona screwed up and that the money was really never an issue because if money was a thing he would have never thought about Barcelona would have never thought about Inter Miami, uh, uh, so yeah he would just gone straight to Saudi Arabia. We saw he got sanctioned a couple uh, or suspended a couple of weeks ago or a couple months ago. Can't remember how long ago it was for mm-hmm. taking an ambassador trip there while uh, during the season with PSG. Uh, so, yeah. So when I woke up yesterday, man, I was so shocked because I was all like, damn. And I was more annoyed than anything. Not because I don't want Messi here in the MLS. Messi's my favorite player of all time. Uh, I'm still going to root for LAFC. It's going to be hard to root against Messi, obviously, because I want mm-hmm. him to add more uh, trophies to his collection and all that, uh, more accolades. But um, I was pissed off because a week ago I was like, I'm going to buy tickets to LAFC versus Inter-Miami. They're only about 100 bucks, And then I realized how bad Inter-Miami was. And then I was like, ah, maybe I'll just buy them that day of because I don't think Messi will actually come anymore. And then this, fast forward to this week, I wake up and I see that shit. And I'm like, oh, my God, I messed up. I should have just bought the tickets. I could have been seeing Messi for a hundred dollars. Now it's like over like a thousand bucks, maybe. I'm like, this is crazy. That so I love seeing Messi come to the MLS, but I pissed off that I didn't pull the trigger and I was gonna wait a little just to like save a couple bucks. But now I messed up. I messed up my opportunity. Uh, my opportunity to come see Messi when uh, Inter Miami comes to LA to face LAFC. So, uh, you're just taking yeah, L's man. with LAFC lately. They're losing in the yeah. finals. You yep. pay more can't to spell, see. <laughs> can't spell LAFC without the L, man. But I ain't reigning MLS Cup champs. So, all right. Um, so, I just wanted to get into a couple of uh, winners and losers uh, based off what I see for this, you know. So, obviously, we're talking Messi to, Mi- uh, Messi to Miami. So, for me, the first obvious winner is the MLS. Um this is their biggest signing since uh, David Beckham back in 2007. This will only – and, like, obviously Beckham was a huge signing. He was – everybody was shocked. But Messi is the GOAT. It doesn't matter. Like, okay, somebody can say Ronaldo's better or someone else is better, right? Uh, but Messi is one of the top players ever in the history of the game. So to get someone of his caliber who's still 
playing at a very well, uh, at a very high level, you could say, is just crazy to get him to come so soon in his career. And not only that, but this is perfect because obviously this we're in 2023. Uh, I believe he'll he has a three year contract uh, where he can opt out after each season. But I believe he will stay, and then he'll continue to play here in America and, and the MLS going into the 2026 World Cup. So obviously, we're uh, you, the U.S. is getting ready to host the World Cup with uh, Canada and Mexico, and who better than Messi to be here in the U.S. already to help them grow the game even more than because we saw how much it's grown since David Beckham joined uh, the Galaxy back in 07. So now imagine with Messi joining Inter Miami now, like who's to say whatever that's 16 years. So let's just say 10 to 15, right? Who's to say in 10 to 15 years, let's just see how much bigger like the MLS does grow. Um, so I already mentioned David Beckham, right? So he is my second winner because like I mentioned back in 2007, everybody was shocked. And uh, he was set to earn 19.8 million in salary with Real Madrid, uh, but he forewent that money, came here uh, to the Galaxy, and he signed a deal where uh, he was only going to get six million in salary. But the thing about that is that he also negotiated his contract to be like to pay huge dividends down the down the track, right? So now he only got six million in salary, but he got revenue of all like the team sales like the team revenue like a, a percentage from it so tickets beer hot dogs whatever the team was making he was getting a percentage of it and not only that he also uh, inserted a claw uh, oh wait so before i get to that he earned eventually earned over 250 million dollars in his first five seasons in the mls so instead of earning those of almost 20 million with real madrid in 07 he took about what is that a, about a 13 14 million dollar pay cut but it ended up paying dividends because he made over 250 million in his first five seasons here and on top of that he inserted a clause that allowed him to purchase an expansion franchise uh following his playing career for only for about 25 million dollars so uh i just wanted to mention this highlight this real quick so the club is valued around 600 million dollars today and now with the uh the messy uh signing and everything they have a potential to reach uh they're they're aiming towards a billion dollars so imagine that one move where people are like why are you taking that pay cut is gonna lead david beckham to like his his master plan is working so like he got messy to the mls he got his money a bunch more money than he would have if he would have just stayed in real madrid and that's why i have him as my second winner so anything you want to say real quick before i mention the third one no, I like both of the winners. Uh, I know how you said it's the biggest signing since Beckham. Also, mm. uh, say Ebro was a big signing too, but I will say Beckham yeah. was more well known uh, uh, at his time of play than Ebro, mm. but uh, definitely a huge uh, signing for both of them. But yeah, I like I like the winners so far. I'm excited to see who yeah. the third winner is. Well, the third winner, man. Uh, oh, real quick, the Ebro. Yeah, obviously Ebro was a big transfer, but like. The way Beckham came over here, it was nobody was expecting it, and then it was just a a great business plan. I want to say. I think it had the way. shock factor because I think the when Ebro was yeah. coming, there was a lot of talk, and he was more like expected to come once like the mm -hmm. talks initiated. I think for Messi yeah. and Beckham, the shock factor of them actually coming is the the part that's, that's what like makes drawing it, yeah. everyone in. Yeah. Uh, so my third winner is the man that you see right there on the left, the goat himself. 
Lionel Andres Messi. Messi. So, uh, Messi, Messi, Messi. Messi. Uh, so, yeah, so his contract will kind of somewhat resemble uh, the one Beckham did. Obviously, not the exact same. Uh, but early reports have indicated that Messi will earn a cut of revenue from new Apple TV subscriptions because Apple TV is uh, the like kind of like their league pass. Like, they're there. Uh, they have the rights to their streaming services. And they'll, he'll also get a cut of revenue from Adidas. Plus a potential option to purchase a stake at Inter Miami upon retirement. So those are what I've seen so far with like uh, initial reports. Obviously, nothing's been confirmed yet, but that's like uh, that's what the reports have been saying so far. So that's why I have Messi as my third winner because obviously he's not going to earn as much salary-wise here. But I see him going down that David Beckham route where he won't get an expansion franchise for $25 million. I don't think the MLS will let that happen again, knowing how much they've grown and all that. Um, or at least not for that cheap, but, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so, but Messi is thinking long-term right here. Could it, like how he said earlier, he could have easily gone to Saudi Arabia, got the $1.6 billion from the Saudi Arabian club, or he could have gone back home to Barcelona, but Barcelona screwed it up for themselves. So Messi and ultimately thought of what was best for himself, his family. He didn't want anything to be in the hands of anybody else. So like how I, I mentioned earlier, he has that one plus two, uh, uh, contract where first year is guaranteed and then he has an opt-out after each season for a total of three years uh so yeah so what do you think of this list any or anything you'll want to add to it um no i mean i definitely obviously mls is the biggest winner how much revenue mm -hmm. this is going to bring in um yeah. all the more fans are gonna go and get into soccer it's going to be crazy just of his arrival in the u.s um david beckham huge winner just how much more money he's good, just going to make. Uh, yep. And honestly, I think it's it's a win for Messi. I know he said he came here. Now he's going to be playing against less competition. But keep in mind, he did join, uh, you could arguably say, the worst team in the MLS right now, which mm -hmm. is Inter-Miami. So if he's able to bring this team to in the top standings, you could see how good of a player he still is. So that's actually going to be a good challenge for him. Maybe he's not playing against competition, like individually wise, but now he's going to have the hardest. Yes. He's going to be on the worst team and he's trying to bring them to the top mm -hmm. of the league. So I salute him for that because every single uh, club team he's been on for 19 seasons, they've not finished less than third in their league standings. So we'll see if he's able to keep that, uh, keep that going um, in, in the MLS um we'll see i'm really excited to see what his contract was because it's going to be crazy yeah. to see like how the official, he, how, yeah. yeah how he turned down let's say or the 1.6 billion biggest mm -hmm. contract offered in sports history of any sport ever and he let's yeah. see how much he let's see how much money he turned down um i still think with the apple uh the apple whatever the apple tv subs yeah, yeah. apple tv share and then the adidas share um and his contract, for it. I think he's going to be making uh, maybe like half a bill, maybe 500 mil. Mm -hmm. We'll see. We'll see what it comes out. I'm excited to see, but uh, more excited to see him in person. I've seen Messi once in person. Yeah. This nice. was about 12 years ago. This was actually, or I don't know how long ago, but it was when David Beckham was on Galaxy. They played a friendly against mm -hmm. Barcelona at the Home Depot Center. That's what it used to be called back in the day. Yeah. I went to the game. I sat behind the net. Um, and Beckham scored a free kick uh, on that goal, and it was it was one of the best games I've ever been to. Messi played the first half. Every time mm -hmm. Messi got the ball, 
the whole stadium's chanting Messi. Yeah. And he only played the first half because it was just a friendly, but it was the only time I ever saw him live. It was so long ago. I only remember little parts, but now I'm excited to go to a game uh, however many years later and see mm-hmm. the GOAT in person again. So, Yeah, so uh, I just wanted to say uh, we here at the Sports Planet Podcast, we're starting a GoFundMe. If you'd like to send Daniel <laughs> and I to go see Messi play here in Los Angeles, you can Venmo, uh, not not GoFundMe, you can Venmo us or Zealous. We take anything, Cash App, whatever you like. Yeah. Any donation is greatly accepted. Exactly. We need it all. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just moving on to the losers now. Uh, so first on my list is Saudi Arabia. Uh, as you can see, if you can see it on here, it says Al Hilal. That's the team that uh, that's the club that offered him the one point six billion dollar contract for three years. Uh, so that would have been a little over five hundred thirty three million per season. That is insane. Uh, but I have them as our loser because obviously they won. They didn't land Messi. And two, it shows that money cannot buy everything, including Messi. Uh, so it's just crazy because they gave him $1.6 billion. Uh, and then I also realized while I was looking into this, that uh, this club, Al-Hilal, is the rival club to Cristiano Ronaldo's current club, Al-Nasir. So I'm all like, I don't want to speculate and be like, oh, he didn't want to be back in the Ronaldo, like Messi uh, conversation, you know. But that's Ooh. also like a little like thing I saw that I was like, oh, that's pretty, that's pretty interesting, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then for my second loser, can you guess who it is? My guess is Barca, but we'll see if I'm right. Yeah, I'm right. It is FC <laughs> <we> Barcelona. Because <laughs> uh, obviously at the end of the day, money was never the biggest factor for Messi. He just wanted to go home. Uh, but Barca only gave him a proposal. They never offered him an official contract, right? Um and then he also said that he decided to sign with Miami to ensure his future was in his own hands and not in the hands of a club. Uh, like how I mentioned earlier, the financial burdens ended up uh, essentially forced him to leave the only club he ever knew at that point uh, when he left in 2021. Uh, so that's why I have FC Barcelona as another loser. He wanted to go home for a reunion, but the, the uh, uh, Barcelona handled this situation so poorly that eventually it left uh, Messi no choice but to do what's best for his own family and himself, you know. So um, I just wanted to show you this real quick before I get your opinion on this. This is uh, this is what I just said right now. So this is what uh, Messi had to say. Obviously, I had a lot of hope that I would be able to return to Barcelona. But after what happened and the way I left, I didn't want to go through the same situation and leave my future in someone else's hands. I had to make my own decision thinking about me and my family. I made the decision that I'm going to Miami. So like how I just said it right now. And then this was what like kind of was like, why are you guys doing this? The official statement from FC Barcelona on Messi's decision to play for Inter Miami. Have you seen this? No, I have not. This is like, this is like, why, like, why did Messi ever want to go back? Right. (laughs) So right here, uh, this is from the official website. FC Barcelona wishes Lionel Messi the best of luck in a new professional phase, right? Okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And then, so you go down here where it says, on Monday, June 5th, Jorge Messi, uh, the player's father and representative for club president, John Laporta of the player's decision to join Inter Miami, blah, 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 whatever, right? And then the next paragraph, President Laporta had a, uh, says, it says right here, President Laporta understood and respected Messi's decision to want to compete in a league with fewer demands, further away from the spotlight and the pressure he had been subject in recent years. 
Are you serious right now? That's like you're a you're slight jab. You're <laughs> yeah, like literally, you're trying to sh shade me Messi right now for not joining your club. They're over here saying we sent him a proposal, but it was never an official like contract offer, you know? So mm -hmm. how are you going to be Messi saying, I want to go home, I want to go home. Your guys' mess up with financial burdens and all that, you guys ruined this for yourself because if you guys had never gone in this like whole financial situation, Messi would have never left. But if you guys would have found out a way to get out of it, you guys would have been fine. Like now, that's why Spotify essentially took over the whole thing. So now it's not Camp New, it's Spotify Camp New, you know? So it's like they had to sell so much stuff, so many uh, rights to the namings of everything, just so they can make money back. And it's all like, dude, you guys screwed this one up. Messi is saying, I am at your doorstep. Just open the door. And it's like as if they were upstairs being like, no one's home. Come back <laughs> later. You know, like, bro, you guys messed this up. So, like, what's your reaction to this? Well, definitely that. That's a little bit passive aggressive. He's just like, oh, like, uh, we just want to wish Messi, like, good luck playing in a league with people that aren't as good. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly. kind of what it essentially is. It's like a, like a just trying to be nice and being rude at the same exact time. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it sucks because all the reports have led Messi. Messi didn't even want to leave in 2021. He wanted to stay no, in Barcelona. And they, they couldn't get the job done. Comes back two years later to give him an option. Probably would have finished his career there if they were able to do mm -hmm. it. And they, they fumbled the bag again to the greatest player of all time. And uh, um, yeah, you could be like... The, the headline of the article is nice. And then once you get read into yeah. the article, it's just like, oh, let's just throw slight jabs at him not coming back. Yeah, exactly. Um, so now I could kind of see if that's how they've been. I could un I understand even more that that's why he chose a different route. Um, so, yeah, that's an L for yeah, Barca. Definitely. Um, yeah, I also saw something real quick uh, that su supposedly there was a report. I don't know how true it was or not that he could potentially be loaned to Barca for the like this first year that he's supposed to be with Inter-Miami um, and then rejoin them once the new season starts for Inter-Miami next season. I don't know how true that is. But after seeing this, I'm like, why would Messi want to go? Like, he's over here saying, like, oh, you chose them because you don't want to be with us in the spotlight. Like, just stay over there, essentially. So I don't yeah. know why would Messi would want to go over there. Um, but, yeah, that's what I have for uh, – this any anything else you like to mention before moving on to our next topic? Can we go back to the loser page real quick? Loser page, yeah, yeah, one second. Yeah. So I just want to say, what the offer was one point six billion. I'm so curious to see if he went there. Were they actually going to make more than one point six billion of him being there? Because that just seems like a crazy amount that they're going to make off one player. Like in my mind, yeah. I'm just like, I, how much revenue is that Saudi Arabia team going to bring in that's going to pay off this contract? Yeah, I don't know about the revenue, but they definitely have a more than enough money to. Well, they well they got that pitch, oil money yeah. there, so they're chilling. Yeah. I was just like, I wonder they're if they're going to profit off it in, <laughs> in like yeah. in a way because I was just like, that's a crazy amount. Like I can understand uh, like off from like. 200 mil 400 mil and then they're making like 900 million to a billion like in revenue but off from 1.6 i mean they have to be making over yeah. two to three billion in revenue if he comes so i, I want to know what their like format was but that oil money is just crazy out there they're just throwing money out there <laughs> but I'm uh, change my name to messi maybe they'll offer me that you know <laughs> it's fine 
I didn't know the team that offered it was the the opposing team of Ronaldo. Yeah, um, I didn't either till earlier today. <laughs> and I think I think that's actually kind of like I mean I can understand people saying oh he just scared Ronaldo he doesn't want to deal with that anymore. Yeah, yeah. So it, you know people are gonna talk or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, do you think he like wants to live in Saudi Arabia? I think I don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously, if they have that much money, I feel like there it would be a, a, a nice area, you know. Mm-hmm. But then again, you also have Miami. I don't mm-hmm. honestly, I don't want to say how Saudi Arabia looks because I don't know how it looks. Yeah. I've never been there. I don't know how that particular city looks. Mm-hmm. But I'm assuming it should be nice, like you know, because. They have that much money, so they should yeah. have a nice area. Like, it should be nicer than Miami, that's for sure. Uh, but Miami is gonna be a great city for him. You know, it's super sunny, super humid. But you know, it's it's a nice area. Yeah. And you so. got those Miami thoughts all over. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I saw that. I saw a like. I saw a tweet where there said like it was like LeBron where he keeps looking over like at the free throw line and they're like. Messi at his first practice seeing all the PBLs. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I only put two up here, but uh, I did see somebody else mention one loser uh, that I wouldn't mind adding here as well. Uh, the MLS defenders. It's going to suck having to defend a world-class player like Messi. You know, So everybody's going to have to go 11-on-1 once Messi has the ball. I'm, I'm excited all, to see yeah. it. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, but, yeah, that's all I have for the Messi. Uh, can't wait to see how that turns out. Can't wait to see when his first uh, game officially is, you know. Uh, but, yeah, that's let's see if uh, he can get Inter Miami from the bottom to the top of the – like obviously not to first place, but at least get them back in the playoff contention. Oh, prediction um, real quick. What number do you think he's going to be? Ten. Ten? Ten. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if they have a number 10 right now, but, uh, if they don't, if they do, I'm, I'm, have to look it I'm up. sorry, you're not number 10 anymore. I don't care. <laughs> Messi was number, Messi took 30 in PSG because his bet, like one of his good friends, Neymar was number 10 in mm-hmm. PSG. So he was able like, all right, you were here first. You keep it. Dude, I don't care who the hell. Let's see. I'm going to look it up real quick. <laughs> I mean, it's between three numbers that he's going to pick. Cause that's the same three numbers he had his whole career. Because uh, it was 10, 30, and... Uh, oh, they don't They don't have a 10. They don't have a 10? Uh, nope. Looks like uh, <laughs> David Beckham was like, nobody's taking 10. Nobody's good enough. Because they, yeah, they, they, they have a 19, I, and they have a They have 30, a 9 and a 12. So. Yeah, but they... Because oh, I'm saying his, was three, his, his first three numbers are his 19. Right? Yeah, 19, yeah. 30, and 10 are his three numbers he's only yeah. worn. And they were already no wearing number. a 19 and 30, so looks like he's 10, baby. There's no, yeah. Well, that's the that's the number one number to have in in uh, soccer when you're a playmaker. So yes, he's taking number ten back. But yeah, man, uh, that's all I have for this. Um, so I'm just gonna move on to PGA real quick. Uh, we'll just go through it really quick. I know uh, we don't we don't uh, we here at the Sports Planet Cod- podcast we don't really pay attention to uh, to golf. But when we do, it's because of this big type of controversy, right? So right here in this tweet, um, it says the PGA Tour, DP World Tour, and PIF announced landmark agreement to unify men's professional golf. So if you're just looking at it as a common bystander, you're like, ah, that's not bad, right? Who cares? Um, but what, re- what it really comes down to is this. So 
right here it says agree like this is from the pga the like the link that it takes you to it says agreement established establishes common goal to promote and grow the game globally for the benefit of all stakeholders and and ends litigation so when i see it say for the benefit of all stakeholders you're essentially saying if it's gonna make us money we don't give a damn um so how i said pif earlier public investment uh fund pif right there so uh part of their golf related commercial businesses and rights include live golf okay so if i, I don't know how much you know about this right uh but uh, last year saudi arabia com coming into play again created a huge uh like another league professional league and was taking players from the pga tour so at that point pga tour was saying uh, you can't go there if you don't. If you go there, you don't have any morals. They're doing this, that, and that. Like, how do you think they got their money? You know, like they're funding bad, bad stuff, whatever. Blah blah blah. So you if, and if you go and take the bag that they're offering you, then you will not come back to the PGA Tour ever. You're banned, right? So a lot of players were getting a lot of money. Uh, bags thrown at them and two key players two major players um that didn't take one were uh tiger woods he was offered around 800 million dollars to join the saudi arabian league declined it and uh rory mcel uh, rory mcelroy he was offered 500 million around 500 million to join them and it's just crazy because like the pga was so getting on top of other players saying don't go there. They have no morals, this and that, whatever, right? So if you want to look at it as an easier way, I saw this tweet. And it says, Saudi Arabia. Hey, PGA golfers, we have a bunch of money to offer you for our new league. PGA Tour said, you're ruining the game and sports washing your reputation of human right abuses. Saudi Arabia. Okay, but what if we offered you, the PGA Tour, a lot of money? PGA, today we'd like to announce a merger with Saudi Arabia. <laughs> So, you know, it's just crazy. And I'm going to show you this clip. I want to see your reaction. I didn't show you before because I wanted to get your honest reaction right here. Mm -hmm. So um, this is uh, the PGA Tour Commissioner, Jay Monahan. I hope I said that right. Uh, so in this video, when the, all this news was breaking out, uh, breaking out uh, this was him bringing up 9-11 as a reason for players to ignore the live and stay loyal to the PGA, right? So this is what he had to say. You can see that, right? Yeah. Okay. Let me ask about this. There was a story that first reported uh, in the New York Post yesterday by Ryan Wacker about a 9-11 coalition of families and survivors of the 2001 terrorist attacks. 9-11 um, families united sent a letter to the representatives of Phil, Dustin, Bryson, Reed, and others, quote, expressing their outrage towards the golfers for participating in the new league and accusing them of sports washing and betraying the United States, end quote. That's gotten a lot of steam over the last 24 hours. That story first reported again in the New York Post. How much did you talk to your players about the possible ramifications if they sign on with the new league? Well, I talked to players. I've talked at a player meeting, and I've, and I've talked to a number of players uh, individually uh, for a long period of time. And I think you'd have to be living under a rock to not know that there are significant implications. And as it relates to the families of 
uh, I have two families that are close to me that lost loved ones. And so my heart goes out to them. And I would ask, you know, any player that has left or any player that would ever consider leaving, have you ever had to apologize for being a member of the PGA Tour? Bruh. What the fuck? Bruh. <laughs> Bruh. Say right? you're racist without, not, without saying okay. you're racist. <laughs> okay, before, before you get to anything, he said the players would have to be li living under a rock to not know the significant implications and say he's close to two families who loved one, who lost loved ones during 9-11, right? Are you living under a rock now then? Like, yes, is dude. what what would you tell the player? Uh, what would you tell the families this and that? And like, have you ever had to uh, apologize for being part of PGA Tour? What are you going to tell the two families now? Last year, you're over here telling like telling all the players you're you PGA Tour is being hypocritical. Get, like they were torching all the players that left for, to get money, generational money, more money than they were making in the PGA Tour. They would tell them, "Oh, don't worry about what you were making in the past. You can make even more in the future." Mm -hmm. But that's the thing. It's like you want. He wanted to bring up nine eleven. What are you going to tell you the the two families that you know about that as to why you agreed to this merger with Live Golf, huh? That is so hypocritical, dude. <laughs> it's all like, oh, you guys can't do it, but oh, when we're making the money, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, you know, like, what do you have? What do you have to say about this shit? I just think it's it's just crazy. That's the thing you bring up to try to make the the golfers feel bad. It's mm -hmm. just there's no correlation, like at all, and they're just try they're just digging deep into their fucking just because it's a Middle Eastern uh, country that they're just trying to dig deep into some racist shit to make players feel bad and then it's funny because second they get offered the money they're like oh we're fine with it now like we're yeah, cool. yeah. like once the money's for them they're like oh yeah we're fine but when the money's for their players and they're gonna lose their players obviously if they're losing their players they're losing money and it's funny how they try to make it seem like it's about something else but all they give a fuck mm -hmm. about is the money and then now That's they're all. trying to hurt all the other players like with it so mm -hmm. um I didn't know much about PGA, to be honest. The only thing I ever know is Tiger Woods is the GOAT, and he cheated on his wife a bunch of times. That's about all I know about PGA. But yeah. learning this now, I don't want to even know more about PGA because that's just uh, it's just all types of wrong all the way around, and uh, it's a shame on them. Yeah, man. Uh, like, And then uh, I'm not going to show the video anymore, but uh, just one thing Colin Coward said, and uh, – uh, on his show, obviously, we we always uh, joke around, uh, mess with uh, Colin Coward's takes. But this time, I, he actually says something that I agreed with. And essentially, he was saying how um, that he got offered money to go uh, read read stuff for Live Golf, you know. Uh, but he declined it, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And he's, essentially, he was saying, don't badmouth others who, uh, who do what's best for themselves, right? Because he's all like, you guys, you as the PGA Tour... We're saying this and that, whatever. Don't go. Don't do that. Don't do this. And it's all like, but he was like, when I said no, I wasn't bad mouthing the other broadcasters who went and like got money, did what was best for themselves. Because you never know what that money helps them with. It could be sending your kid to college, getting house, get generational money. Obviously, like anything they they they're gonna use that money for for stuff that they maybe didn't have the money for before. Now they have it because they took this other job. You know. Uh, so it's just crazy to think about. 
And then I just wanted to show this really quick uh, uh, before finishing off with uh, live the PGA and live golf. This little meme real quick it says the the live players taking the money and coming back to the PGA tour. <laughs> <laughs> They're all just coming back. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, that's that's yeah. I might just want to end with something light right there because um, yeah, obviously it's this and that, whatever. At the end of the day, these players are doing what's best for themselves, and uh, you know they were saying, "Don't take the money." Or you'll never come back. And guess what? They took the money, and now they're coming back. So, if anything, I feel bad for the players that declined those huge bags. I'm sure that's part of the reason why Rory and uh, Tiger uh, didn't want to leave because they didn't want to tarnish their PGA legacy for that all that money. But it's all like, dude, you guys should have left. You guys would have been gone for less than a year and then come back with all this money, and you're still on the PGA Tour. So it's just crazy. I feel bad for those that didn't go because I'm sure there's a bunch of people, a bunch of golfers that were pissed off saying they were telling us what about our morals, this and that. And now look at you guys completely like not giving a fuck about us. Mm -hmm. uh, anything else you want to say about PGA before uh, moving on? No, I think I'm, I'm good on PGA. All right. So I think we're just going to take a, Quick little break right here, and we'll be back with uh, NBA Finals and how Russell Wilson said no to the Eagles. All right, welcome back, everyone. Part of the interruption. We had to uh, cut things a little short earlier, but we're back for uh, part two of this episode little longer than usual so we're sorry about that but it's all worth it promise uh so like we mentioned earlier uh we're gonna start off with the nba finals so far there's uh three games uh have been played denver of course is up two to one and so far so good for denver you know obviously miami stole one on the road in game two but i just don't see how denver lets this one uh get I, don't, I just don't see how Denver lets this one get out of their own reach, you know? So what have you seen so far from the first three games, Daniel? Uh, so I just want to say before any game started, uh, if you look back and listen to the last podcast, I said before game one that Kevin Love should start and yeah, Jimmy, Bu Jimmy Butler should be guarding Jamal Murray. So go into game one, fast forward to game one, Nuggets yeah. kind of blow out the heat. Don't just – didn't, maybe not blow out, but they were in control the whole game. It didn't seem mm -hmm. like there was much of a challenge. Everyone's being like, wow, time to bring out the brooms because they just dominated them. And mm -hmm. then, like I said, in game two, Eric Spolster makes the adjustment that I said before game one even started not to toot my own horn, but my analysis was on point. That's started, a two, but two, two. <laughs> two, two. He started Kevin Love because yeah. they needed size against this big team. He had Definitely. Butler on Murray. Uh, compared to the first game, Murray guarded Butler, I think, on four to five possessions. In game two, he guarded him for about 30 to 35 possessions. So you could see the big difference um, mm -hmm. that made. And then he were able to steal game two on the road. Um, I expected them to uh, steal uh, game two more likely than game one because Denver was coming on a lot more rest than the Heat were, so uh, their Heat were a little bit more fatigued. 
Um, everyone wants to talk about altitude. Some players say it doesn't affect them. Some does. So I believe there is some truth to it. So I felt game one, they're just getting there. They're not really adjusted to that. And by game two, they're basically adjusted to the altitude. They're on the same amount of rest as the D Denver Nuggets since they played game one at the same time. So then I felt they had a better chance of winning game two. And like I said, they won game two. Um, it was a close game at the end. Uh, they almost blew the lead at the end, but they were able to pull away. And then now game three happened. Um, and I believe, I didn't know who's going to win. I have a feeling that game three and four are going to be split. So now that Nuggets have won game three, I'm taking Heat winning game four. Because uh, basically if they lose game four, I would say the series is, is just about over. Um, but those were like, the that was the main thing I saw in game two. Uh, Jokic has been balling out of his mind. Uh, close to averaging a triple-double. He's at 33 points. He's at 14 rebounds and 9 assists. And Murray's at 26 points and averaging 10 assists. Now, I'll be honest, I didn't think Murray... Uh, I didn't watch too much of the Nuggets, so I didn't know he was that good of a passer. But when Murray's playing like this, and Jokic is going to do what he does, averaging nearly a triple-double, this team is very hard to beat. And... Uh, their third star, which is supposed to be Michael Porter Jr., has basically mm -hmm. been almost non-existent this uh, this uh, like one this game, series. Yeah. yeah, he had like one decent game, and then the first game he he did well on the boards. But other than that, Aaron Gordon has been their go-to third guy, and he's been consistently giving them um, ten to fifteen points a night, and that's been mm -hmm. the the boost that they need. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm still saying Heat in seven. I'm still saying that. I know it's they're the underdogs, but I still feel confident that they're able to do it. They're just going to have to come out with a different type of mindset and intensity in Game 4 than in Game 3. Because Game 3 lacked a little bit of effort, it seemed, on the boards. They're getting out-rebounded. And uh, everyone just shot poorly in Game 3. And it's mm -hmm. this series has been, like everyone says, it's a make-or-miss league. But I feel like this series has been a lot like if once one team shoots poorly almost game over for them like um as a laker fan we shot poorly but we had such good defense that kept us in games and i felt like that's not the case for either one of these teams if one shoots poorly it's not looking good so um it's kind of what i saw for the first three games mm -hmm. what about you no, yeah. no yeah definitely like how you were saying like with the lakers i'm sorry mike malone watch look at us mentioning the lakers <laughs> um but yeah like how you like how you were saying with the lakers um i Obviously, they're always going to have their shooting woes because we're not a shooting team. But the thing about that is the shooting woes obviously are coming from the three-point line. But we don't. Uh, the Lakers dominate in the paint. So even if they're 0 for not 0 for 20, let's just say three for 20. You know, it doesn't matter because they're they still have a chance to be making the majority of their uh, baskets in the paint. So they could have let's just say like 20 to 25, uh, like around 25 to 30 uh, field goals within the paint. And it's all like at the end of the day, the that that's what we saw in the Warriors series as well. It's all like it's the two point uh, team versus the three point shooting team. And obviously, the Lakers, like how you mentioned, the Lakers had the defense to overcome those shooting woes. Uh, so yeah, but and then you were mentioning um, Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, like how you said, Nikola Jokic, thirty three points, fourteen rebounds, almost ten assists with nine point three, nearly averaging a triple double. Uh, and it was just crazy. Like in game three, he had that 30, 20, 10 triple double as uh, mm -hmm. historic. Um, and then the most important thing is that he's shooting, he's shooting 59% fuel percentage. 
and 44% from three. So it's just crazy because he's been highly efficient. And it like, I, obviously, we know he could score. We know he can uh, throw, uh, play make, uh, like really dish the ball. But the rebounds have been like the thing that have that have been catching my attention. Obviously, we don't really pay attention to the Nuggets, so we know what he can do. But to see that he's also being a big man in terms of re- rebounding, that's that's huge for the team. And then Jamal Murray, you mentioned him. So uh, those two are, have been playing really well off each other. And then, like how you mentioned, MPJ, we expect him to be third star, but it's been more Aaron Gordon. And even KCP, man, he's aver- he's only averaging six points a game. And, it's all like, and he's shooting 22% from three. So it's all like – and the thing is that they're still doing well enough with the other players because uh, they only go eight deep. So it's all, obviously the five starters and the three off the bench. So um, it, it doesn't hurt as much for them compared as the, as it would for the Heat because they have uh, Nikola Jokic averaging 33. You have Jamal Murray averaging 26, you know. And it's all like – and then they got Aaron Gordon right after them. So it's all like that. KCP needs to get has to has to shoot better as well. Don't get me wrong, but I, as of right now, I don't see Denver losing. I'm not another game, but I mean, and uh, I don't see them losing the series. Uh, so I just wanted to mention like how I'm talking about right now. Uh, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. I pref- I think Bam has had a great series. Everybody obviously thought Jimmy would be the, like the main guy. But Bam has stepped up shooting. Uh, he has 23 points, averaging 23 points, sorry, 13 rebounds and a block. Um, Jimmy's averaging nearly 21 points, four rebounds and almost seven assists. And But the thing for me is, like I was mentioning, if the Heat ha- are going to have a chance, they need that core of the undrafted players that were playing so well in that Celtic series to step up. Because aside, uh, besides Gabe Vincent, who's averaging 16.3 points on 46%, three-point shooting. Uh, you have Caleb Martin, five points. Uh, Dougie Robinson averaging seven points. Uh, Max Drews averaging just shy of six points. So it's all like with those three, Martin, Robinson, and Strews, they're averaging uh, combined 18.3. So obviously, like I said, Gabe Vincent's averaging 16.3. But Caleb Martin, Duncan Robinson, Max Strews, that is not going to cut it. Uh, Bam and Jimmy can't do everything by themselves kind of like how Murray and Nikola Jokic can because, you know, they they play so well off each other that it doesn't matter if somebody else is having a bad day because they'll find someone that is having a good day that day to help them out as that third player. So it just, yeah, it's just not going to cut it in the series against the Nuggets, a pa- as powerful a team as they are. The Heat need that undrafted core uh, of players that we were all clamoring about like throughout the first three rounds of the playoffs to be like, wow, look at how much of an impact they're having. And now they're nowhere to be seen in the biggest stage at the lake. So they're disappearing at the worst time possible for the Heat. So if the Heat are going to have any chance, they need uh, Struess, Martin, and Robinson to really step up. Yeah, I mean, I would agree too because they were, they basically were stars in the last series and now yeah, they're exactly. becoming almost non-existent. But I will say um, it sucks because – Bam shouldn't be the best player on the Heat right now in this mm-hmm. series. It should be Butler. Is, yeah. And that's that's a sad thing. And I know uh, I've read some things that Butler has a tweaked ankle, this and that. But um, even with that, Butler's, without, if Butler's not their best player right now and you're having Bam outplay him, it's going to be hard to win this series. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could see the two stars 
uh, Murray and Jokic are outplaying the two stars of Bam and Definitely. Butler by a mile. So mm-hmm. even if the other stars are, even if the undrafted players are able to step up a little bit, it's going to be hard if Butler and Bam are still playing at that type of level. They got to take it up a notch, um, especially Butler. Um, mm-hmm. In game three, uh, I saw Butler, what they did a lot is because they switch on almost every screen. Uh, so they just screen Murray every time they get Butler off him, and they just switch. So mm-hmm. then Murray was just attacking all the other defenders that were guarding besides Butler, and that's how we went off, I think, 20 points in the first half because they just switch on every screen just to get mm-hmm. Butler off him, and uh, that's what led to them winning that game three because when Murray's, when Murray's playing the way he does, this team is nearly going to be unbeatable because Jokic is going to do what Jokic does each yeah, single yeah. game. Like, there's mm-hmm. no stopping him. The only way to win to beat this team is to stop murray so they need to figure out something um to stop him uh i don't like strew starting i'd rather have martin starting even though he's not having that good of a series but i feel like martin did so well that he needs those minutes because i feel like when his minutes are becoming diminished he seems more of a rhythm shooter to me so it takes him a little bit longer to get him Mm -hmm. to get in his rhythm if he's has limited minutes um duncan robinson he did win game two for him i'll be honest uh he came out and scored eight points in in one minute in the fourth quarter and that kind of gave him that that burst in there um but he's kind of been a little inconsistent i will say Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean they definitely need help from these uh stars they play a 10-man rotation uh i don't even think they need to do that cody zeller probably shouldn't even be playing every time he's in he gets cooked by Jokic. i'm just like yeah yeah. in my mind i'm just like why don't yeah, like why don't they just stack Bam and Jokic's minutes at the same time? So Jokic go out, you take Bam out. Yeah, that's yeah. what I've noticed in this series too. Because when Butler's off the floor and Murray's uh, going, he's not being guarded by Butler. He'll he'll just go off. So I'm just like, in my mind as a coach, I would stack minutes. So whenever Murray's on, Butler's on. Whenever Jokic's on, yeah. Bam. They go out to rest. You take them out to rest. And that's how I feel would be the best way to stack because you want your best players up against their best players. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, yeah, I'm not a fucking uh, NBA Hall of Fame coach like Eric Spolstra, but I feel like that's yeah, something yeah. that's pretty logical to do that he hasn't done. So we'll see if he makes any adjustments uh, going forward. Um, but yeah, this Jokic and Murray duo just is crazy. playing crazy. And uh, I'm still hoping for the Heat. I, I got hope. If they win game four, my hope's there. If they lose yeah, game yeah. four, they have my, hope, to win game four. my hope goes out the window because my prediction was they split one and two. I've picked Heat to win two, the game two. I said they're going to split at home, so it's going to go 2-2 back to Denver. Then Denver wins mm-hmm. at home, Heat win at home, and then Heat win in game seven. That's my prediction set before the series started. So yeah, yeah. We'll see if I'm close. I don't know, man. We'll see, but man, I like I, I agree with you. Struess should be, I mean, Martin should be starting over Struess because even though they're both around five-ish points, but Caleb Martin is shooting four of nine for that 44% uh, from three, whereas Struess is shooting five for 23, which is good for 22%. So it's all like like how you were saying, Caleb Martin is becoming more of a rhythm shooter, whereas when he was a starter, you know he was going to get the ball, he was going to attack or create, you know. Um, but, yeah, like, Jamal, like, like how you said, we all know what Nikola Jokic is going to do. But the fact that Jamal Murray is playing this well just makes it so much easier for Jokic. And obviously Jokic is going to be the one that wins finals MVP if they win, if they end up pulling this out. Uh, But that's not to say anything bad about Murray. Murray, if Jokic wasn't on this team, 
they probably wouldn't be here. But I'm just saying Murray has been playing so well that his numbers are MVP-like for a final series. But the fact that his teammate is just that much better, it's just crazy. I mean, like, I feel like the only way you're going to be able to stop Jokic is if you tell him, oh, your horse is sick. Come check it out real quick. Come home. <laughs> it's all like there's nothing you can do. Like, yeah. I don't know if you saw Kevin Durant's tweet where it was all like, man, he doesn't care about being a star. He just wants to FaceTime his horses. It's like, I didn't see that, but that's funny. You didn't see it? No, no dude, I did it. He deleted it, but obviously tw- uh, there's never anything uh, fully deleted off the internet. Yes. But, yeah, that's that was funny. Another thing I want to say about Jokic is I watch Jokic play, and I'll be honest with you. He is not like he's one of the most like boring superstars watch. He doesn't do anything spectacular, but if you actually watch him, he makes the right play 99% of the time. He doesn't force anything, never, never seems to be like rushing it, just always makes the right pass, the right shot. Oh, seems to always be in the right position. I, his IQ is just so good, and he does nothing like spectacular, mm-hmm. but he's just that smart. And that big that he's nearly unstoppable. And I just watch him play, and I'm just like, he doesn't do anything. I'm just like, oh, it's, he's not, he's not dunking on anyone, not doing any fancy moves. Mm-hmm. And he like, some of his passes are a little flashy, but other than that, I'm just like, man, this guy is so good and doesn't have like any, uh, any flaws in his in his offensive game. Defense, he's actually not that bad defensively. Uh, he's not as agile, but he's just, it's just crazy to watch him just seems to never make a mistake and it's somehow uh no one can stop him and he's not even that flashy so so yeah so this is a tweet right here um it was deleted i don't know why because this one was pretty funny kd and i'm sure Jokic would agree with you uh it says i don't think Jokic wants wants or cares to be a star he go uh he goes to work and go home facetime his horses and hop in the pool it's <laughs> so, like he just, he just wants the simple things in life you know yeah. And uh, I believe this was a response to I can't remember what uh, what analyst or what uh, what commentator said that Jokic was would be a bigger star if he was American. Um, but this, so I feel like that was KD's response to that, which is not true. Yo, I mean, Jokic isn't a star. Like, I mean, he's a star, but he doesn't get as much coverage because one, he's in Denver, and two, he's not that flashy type of player. He's just that player where he would be. He's like. I want to kind of compare him to like Tim Duncan in terms of his demeanor, how simple everything comes to him, you know, like, I don't know, man. Like it just like, obviously Tim Duncan was in San Antonio with Greg Popovich. Now uh, uh, Jokic is in Denver, but it like, it's kind of like, you can't say if he was American, he'd be a bigger star because you see Luke over here being a great star, but that's also uh, attributed to his play style, you know, He's in a he is in a bigger market, kind of like the, uh, in Dallas because it's Texas, everything's bigger in Texas, like they say. So yeah, but um, that's definitely uh, a, that's yeah. definitely a weird take saying if he was American, he'd be a bigger star. Yeah, I can't um, remember who said it, but uh, it, someone said it. Yeah, it's funny that you say Tim Duncan. So I was talking to a friend, and he we literally compared him to Tim Duncan because he's just Mister Fundamental. He does all the just the fundamentals completely right, always just uh-huh. making the right basketball move, and does nothing like. Nothing like you just look and you're like, oh, wow, that's amazing. He just always just does the right thing, and it leads to yeah. winning basketball. And it's just that's exactly how Tim Duncan was. No one's just like, oh, I can't wait to say, can't wait to see Tim Duncan play. It's like, oh, Tim Duncan's going to do what he does. He's going to mm-hmm. make the right play. He's going to help his team win, and that's the same type of player that Jokic is. Yeah, so that's why. I think that's, that's a good comparison. Yeah. I like it. 
that's why a lot of people uh, leave Tim Duncan off their all-time greats. Like when they're talking about the greats, it's not because Tim Duncan wasn't one of the greatest of all time. He's definitely up there. Uh, but it's because of the play style and the, the demeanor. He wasn't out there doing commercials, like all in your face, kind of, you know. Um, but look at us talking about everyone except for, I mean, we're talking about the Nuggets, but we're mentioning everyone while we're talking about the Nuggets. And how like, and I saw this and Mike Malone, it kind of reminded me of earlier when I saw this, Mike Malone seeing the Messi to Miami news on the day of game three. Obviously game three was yesterday, but it's how, yeah. seeing all these memes, it was so funny. And then you have this one right here, Mike Malone seeing everyone is focused on science, porn star addiction, LeBron and Kyrie rumors. Messi coming to Miami before game three. What Kyrie. more do you want from me? <laughs> it's uh, like Mike Malone, man. You, you're never going to win. <laughs> and I don't know. Did you see when, when he mentioned the Lakers on his own? Um, the, the Polaroid? Oh, was, was it the picture? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I man, thought I that was a slight jab, but... We'll take it. They yeah, won. They, we'll they got it. the sweep. They got the sweep. But he's a he's a little, he's a little. Uh, Lakers are living rent free in his head. Rent free, definitely a little bit. But they swept us, so can't say too much. Yeah, I'm not mad they, about. They no, I'm us. not mad about. Th- I'm not mad about that. I I just found it funny how he's always saying, uh, "The Lakers aren't here. Why are you guys talking about him?" But it's like you're the one that keeps mentioning him. <laughs> mentioning him. Uh, I can't find it. Whatever. Uh so yeah. Um, I've. Last thing I want to say about this real quick. Uh, Miami needs to win game four. If they lose, it's over in five, obviously, because I don't see them going on the road after losing both at home and then going on the road to Denver, high altitude. And then Jokic and Murray are playing unstoppable right now. They need to win game four in order to have a chance because if you might as well just end the series after game four if Denver wins. Anything else you want to say before uh, moving on to the next topic or, or our final I was gonna, topic? I was going to ask you just what was your prediction? I know you picked Nuggets, but how many games? Because I picked Heat in I, seven before it started, so I want. I can't remember. I want to say I had said Nuggets in six. Nuggets in six. I, so I so in order for that to happen, I need Miami to win tomorrow because I don't see them. I don't see the Nuggets winning, or I don't see the Nuggets winning Game Four and then losing Game Five at home. So Miami, if if you want my prediction to come right, win. Game four, and then the Nuggets will finish off the last two games in game five and six. All right, we'll see. We'll see who's yeah. right. One of us going to be right, so. One of us going to be right. It might not be the games, but uh, one of us will get a champion, the correct champion, you know? Yeah, we're close. Uh, so, I, I mean, so Denver should be thankful that they were able to have this time, you know? They're in the finals. Uh, their first time in franchise history. But – Kind of moving on to the next topic. One thing I'm thankful for is Russell Wilson. If you know me, you know I'm an Eagle fan. And I'm sure you all or most people have seen this news. Russell Wilson, uh, the Eagles reportedly had a deal and quote unquote basically done to acquire Russell Wilson from the Seahawks before last season. However, Wilson nixed the deal. So, Russell Wilson, thank you so much as an Eagle fan, man. I know we have to be unbiased, but I don't know, man. I just want to say thank you so much on behalf of I, – I was going to like – dude, when I saw this, I was so happy. <laughs> like, Because obviously if the Eagles make this trade, we saw – I'll come back to this real quick. This is what 
the this is what they gave up, or the, this is what the Broncos gave up uh, for Russell Wilson, right? So they got Russell Wilson and a fourth round pick in exchange for uh, going to Seattle. Tight end Noah Fant, quarterback Drew Locke. Uh, who cares? He sucks. Defensive end Shelby Harris. Two first rounders, two second rounders, and a 2022 fifth round pick. So it's all like all of that, all of that, just to finish worse than the Raiders. Who? The <laughs> Raiders. Like, come on, man. You're you gave up so much. I'm not saying Drew Luck. Drew Luck is a lot. I'm saying you guys gave up a lot of draft capital to finish worse in a division that includes the Raiders. Congrats. So thank you, Russell Wilson. Because if you would have said yes, uh, he also declined a trade to the Washington Commanders. I can't blame you on that. But if you would have said yes, we never have Jalen Hurts ascending to superstardom. Sure, we uh, Eagles lost in the, in the Super Bowl. Who, yeah, a lot. It's every, one team loses every year in the Super Bowl. Who cares? This will only give Jalen Hurts more motivation, not the news. I'm talking about the Super Bowl loss. That'll give him more motivation to come back even stronger. But I just want to say, Russell Wilson, thank you so much for not ruining the Eagles' future. Who knows how many players they would have gotten rid of. We had so many first-rounders that we would have lost out on. Like this year, we had Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith. I'm sure some of those first-rounders would have been gone. And last year, we had a couple other first-rounders and uh, Jordan Davis, you know. And then they used a first-rounder to uh, get A.J. Brown. And they, they ended up trading one other first-rounder last year that turned into Jalen Carter this year. So I'm just like, thank you so much for saying no, because one, we would not have made the Super Bowl. Two, we probably would have missed the playoffs. You would have been worse than the, the team in Dallas. And three, we wouldn't have all this young talent and be stacked for the next five years. Because Howie, our GM, is a cap god. He knows how to get things done. And he knows how to work everything from now on. So Jalen Hurts got this big extension, rightfully so, but it's not going to hurt the Eagles cap-wise as much as these other big contracts will for the other teams. So I know you don't, you're not really uh, big on football, but like, mm -hmm. what was your reaction when you saw the, uh, this news? Uh, same as you. I was happy for the Eagles because, like I said, after Rams, Eagles is my is my second team I go for. Um, I know you're thankful for it because Definitely. you love Jalen Hurts. So I was like, when yep. I saw this, I was just like, Brandon must be a happy guy. Uh, so it looks like things worked out for the Eagles and things did not work out for the Broncos. And um, sometimes that's just the way it happens. And uh, happy that this trade didn't go down. And uh, Eagles will win us. They're going to win a Super Bowl in the next three years. So that's my that, prediction. Bold prediction. They're winning it this year. They're going back to the Super Bowl and they'll beat the Cincinnati Bengals. That's in a Super good prediction. Bowl 58. All right. So um, <laughs> anything else you want to say before wrapping up, wrapping this up? No, uh, just want to say mercy, 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 mercy. Uh, so I just want to finish this off with uh, saying that. Instead of Russell Wilson being in the city of brotherly, brotherly love, Philadelphia, of course, chanting fly, Eagles fly, he's over there in the mile-high city known as Denver crying out, Broncos country. Let's ride <laughs> to the bottom of the division. Let's go. Uh, but thank you, Russell Wilson, so much from the bottom of my heart. All of Eagles Nation thanks you for saying no to the Eagles.
Well, any final words you want to say before taking off? Um, donate to our uh, Venmo so we could go see Messi play. Also, if you want to buy us a jersey, uh, more than more than welcome. That. DM me on Instagram. Send me some money. I'm fine with it. Other yeah, than that, man. he and seven still. There it is. There it is. They they can they know where to find us if they want to reach out to us at underscore Brandon Zamora and at brutally honest help. If you guys just DM us, we'll send you our Venmo, and we'll be eternally grateful if you help us get to go to help us get our chance to finally see Messi in person. I know Daniel said earlier that he's seen him before, but this time he'll remember everything because Messi yes. will play the full ninety minutes, hopefully. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, man. <laughs> uh, so that's all we have for today's show. Before we take off, make sure to follow us on social media at Sports Planet Pod. Like I just showed, ours are right there as well, at underscore Brandon Zamora and at Brutally Honest Help. Uh, you can also find these episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. So I just wanted to say thank you, Daniel, for taking time out of your day today uh, to join us for episode 17. And to the listeners, thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you all on the very next episode of the Sports Planet Podcast. Life is good, I've decided, now I'm on this violence, out there is